It's Tuesday, September 11th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, recently I had the opportunity to sit down with several of the key staff members and team members at Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. And so today and tomorrow we'll be uh, featuring those interviews to learn more about Ravi Zacharias International Ministries and specifically more about the work they do that helps equip families, that helps equip believers to think and thinkers to believe. So today we are joined by Ruth Malhatra. And Ruth is the PR manager for Ravi Zacharias Ministries. And Ruth uh, has also been a part of First Baptist Church Atlanta, the Christian Post, uh, the Middle East Forum, the Faith and Freedom uh, Coalition, as well as uh, her time at Georgia Tech, where she uh, spoke and was very active to defend faith on the t- uh, campus of Georgia Tech. And then we're also joined by Alicia Wood. And Alicia graduated from Roberts Wesleyan College with a degree in criminal justice from and from Marygrove College with a master's in social justice. She graduated from the Oxford Center for Christian Apologetics and spent two years as a fellow with Ravi Zacharias International Ministries in New England. Alicia's speaking background is quite diverse from universities uh, as well as to women's conferences and uh, women's and men's uh, prisons and many different retreats. And she addresses issues surrounding faith uh, to diverse uh, audiences. Additionally, she has traveled to countries such as Haiti, Honduras, the Dominican Republic, and Jamaica, volunteering at Soup's Kitchen and orphanages as her passions for showing Christ extends beyond her local environment. In her spare time, Alicia enjoys music and is a lover of all things football and hockey. Well, what an honor it is to be here at RZIM Ministry, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, with Alicia Wood, who is a speaker, itinerant speaker for the ministry, as well as a resident apologist, and uh, Ruth Malhatra, who is the PR manager here at RZIM Ministries. And we've just been so impressed, both from our visits here, at just the way that the Lord is using this ministry and I love what, what you said is that the ministry is to help the thinker believe and the believer think. And so one of the ways that you all do that is you have your mission, your vision, and your core values everywhere around your offices just to remind people of what the mission and the vision of this ministry is. So we all just talk about just that vision that Ravi does have for this ministry and the mission and how that encapsulates everything that you do. Sure, yeah. Well, like you uh, mentioned, our mission statement, helping the thinker believe and the believer think, and it's really this two-part vision of wanting to reach the skeptics and the thinkers and um, influencers, especially in arenas like academia, and help them you know, cross that bridge to faith and realize that faith and reason are not incompatible, but actually go hand in hand. Yeah. And then also to help equip believers, you know, helping believers think, helping equip them to understand and articulate what it is they believe and to have the confidence to share it with others, um, but to do so with gentleness and respect. Ravi is always mentioning that, and he talks about how we're an evangelistic ministry first and foremost. He says evangelism is the main course and apologetics is the seasoning. You know, it helps undergird our evangelistic outreach, um, always with, you know, dependence on the Holy Spirit to 
um, changed hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a real blessing to witness that in many different arenas um, of influence and in education and business and government, increasingly in the arts, um, as well as um, helping humanitarian needs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as we look around at our, our world and our culture, and we see some people have so many questions, uh, I think they're looking for someone who actually can provide answers on a deeper level than just, you know, how does how do trees grow or why is the sky blue? Like people are really looking for questions or looking for answers for deeper questions that they have. And so I think what's great about um, what we're able to do is we're really uh, placed at really strategic places and opportunities to really be able to engage with people who want someone to engage the mind, whether that it's in the university, whether that's in a business kind of setting, whether that is just even with a neighbor who is also a thinker. It's also someone who gets into good conversations at work and even in their own personal lives. I mean, I think we're so strategically placed to be able to reach people who are saying, can somebody actually help me to make sense of so many of the questions and things that I have? And uh, we see great results with it. Mm-hmm. Lisa, you get to travel around, obviously, yeah. in your own campuses. And you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of believers right now are scared because of the secularization of our culture. And it really is becoming more secular. But I think you'd agree in a lot of ways that helps the gospel shine brighter. And it brings more questions to kids' minds that ultimately the gospel and the word of God end up answering so clearly. Can you talk about just how actually important an apologetics ministry Mm -hmm. is right now in an evangelism and apologetics ministry is right now in this season as we see a secularization in our culture and our country? Sure. You know, I was speaking with a uh, atheist uh, professor um, a few years back, and he said to me, he's like, you know, once we eradicate religion, everything will get better. Like, that's what I'm waiting for. Once we eradicate religion, the world will get better, and people will do, you know, a lot of really good things. And I think what's interesting is that when you look at where the world is right now, as people push um, Christianity further and further away, specifically about our countries, we push Christianity further and further away. We don't really see ourselves getting better. Mm-hmm. We don't really see ourselves finding more peace. We don't really see ourselves uh, finding fulfillment in the world. And, you know, one of the things that kind of made me chuckle when this atheist professor said this is I think he might be a little bit out of touch with reality and the reality of the human heart. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that we, we do things that benefit us. Mm-hmm. It's part of our natural... Uh, inclination is to, to kind of look out for ourselves as, even if it costs somebody else something. And so the idea that we would do good, the idea that we would seek the betterment of other people um, is on a much smaller scale than I think many people realize. There was a really interesting study, and I won't go through the whole thing because it's kind of long, but um, done by a gentleman who is a, like, a psychologist or psychiatrist, and, and he kind of just ran experiments um, with children and and. And the short version is basically he wanted them to throw something at a dartboard and with, with their back to the dartboard and with their weak hands, not their strong dominant hand. And when he left them alone in the room, the children, you know, these are little kids, five, six, seven, eight kind of thing. They would oftentimes run up to the dartboard and put, put it there or, or they would just, you know, turn around and try and throw, um, you know, the little felt ball, the dartboard, whatever. But the, the idea being, of course, he's watching on the camera and the idea is that when there's nobody there, the kids kind of do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But once he introduced adults to the room, once he introduced Princess Alice, who was like this, like imaginary princess, once he said that somebody was in the room with them 
or or if an adult was physically in the room with them, the kids were way less likely to cheat. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because so many, so often people, you know, say, well, you know, you're saying that we can't be good without God. You're saying we can't do good things without God. And I would say, no, that's not true. We absolutely can do good things if you don't have belief in God. I think there's many people doing that all the time. But my thought is has been more of how many bad things do you do because you think nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what his experiment shows that when we lose this accountability factor, people are a whole lot less likely to do the good that they ought. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting as, as the secularization is on the rise, I kind of fear for where are we going to be as we as we lose a sense of personal accountability uh, for our actions and what kind of people would then be other people in humanity. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to to uh, engage with that and to be able to bring apologetics into this whole realm, I think, is so timely uh, because the people are now finding out that they maybe aren't as good as they thought they were mm-hmm. and um, are realizing they may actually need a little bit more help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, one of the things I wanted to mention was, you know, some of the developments even that are disturbing in our culture, for instance, what we're seeing is like this lack of truth, you know, this idea that we're living in a post-truth culture. In fact, post-truth um, a couple of years ago was the Oxford Dictionary's word of the year. Um, and things that would typically be a chasm for us to relate to our unbelieving friends and neighbors um, and counterparts are actually a bridge. So when we see something like a post-truth culture on the rise or a lack of absolutes or people wishing, like she said, wishing away religion, we can actually use that as a bridge right. to talk about let's get, let's get back to definitions mm-hmm. and let's think, think through your idea to its logical conclusion mm-hmm. and say if we do away with an idea of absolute truth or objective morality mm-hmm. or a lawgiver, where is that going to take us? Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean for the individual? What does that mean for society? And we're seeing people lean in. We do campus events all over the world and we do open forums where we tackle tough questions and no topic is off limits. And time after time, whether we're at Ivy League schools up north or, you know, we were just at UC Berkeley um, this past, the past two springs, we've done week long events at University of California, Berkeley. I mean, packed um, audiences with um, really engaging, sincere questions. And um, we find that there's a hunger. And people realize that they're searching for something deeper that they're not getting from their professors, they're not getting from their peers. And we hope to help fill that void and point them to Christ in the process. Ruth, I know from your vantage point, you kind of see the whole ministry and all the different arms. But And that's, I see RZIM ministries pressing in, right? As as things get tougher, I see y'all pressing in. And even being able to visit with your team and your staff, I see how really the ministry arms are flourishing mm-hmm. because there's so much hunger for truth. Thank you so much. And so talk about just some of those programs that y'all have really seen as you've pressed in, the Lord just really be able to, he's just blessed those programs to help people find truth. Sure. Yeah. One of the most exciting initiatives in recent years, you know, RZIM is 34 years old, <laughs> um, started in 1984. And um, it's been amazing to see God just, grow the ministry both in scope and in depth. And we um, were opening our, I believe, our 16th or 17th country office this year in France. Um, So we have offices all around the world. And 
Um, but one of the um, recent developments was the opening of our Zacharias Institute. Mm. And that opened last year in March of 2017. And it was really Robbie's vision to make apologetics accessible for everyone. You know, we have academic programs and um, Oxford and in the UK, like Alicia was part of, we have other more um, structured initiatives. But for many people, whether they're pastors or homeschool moms, you know, they can't take that kind of time, um, don't have those resources to devote to in-depth apologetics training. So um, Robbie and, and our leadership, you know, launched this institute with that vision. And the mission statement of the Zechariah Institute is the questions of culture and the invitation of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we really believe that if we can look at the questions, the toughest questions culture is asking, whether it relates to science or sexuality or any of these tough things that sadly sometimes the church has either shied away from or has been ill-equipped to address, you know, people are asking questions. They're going to get their answers from somewhere. And we believe that, you know, by God's grace, he's equipped our team to be able to tackle those questions with a biblical worldview, and again, to help people connect the head and the heart. You know, Robbie talks about how how to reach a generation that um, thinks with its eyes mm-hmm. and sees with its feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think especially, you know, with um, younger people, we're seeing that more and more. Um, but again, we think that that can be a bridge where we're not just answering the question, we're reaching the questioner behind the question. And so whether it's with our campus open forums, like we've talked about, or some of our training programs, we have a number of in-depth um, sort of week-long programs for um, high school students getting preparing them for college, for church leaders, for business mm-hmm. leaders. Um, it's been really neat to see the ministry reach a cross-section of influencers and culture and prepare them to share their faith. And I know you mentioned that briefly, and Alicia, I know that you had talked about the, the conference that you do specifically for high schoolers mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of high school, preparing them through apologetics. And as Ruth said, you were able to go to Oxford. Yeah. And I remember your story. You grew up in a home of a single mom from yep. Jamaica. And uh, so the Lord was gracious to give you uh, the opportunities to go to yeah. Oxford. But so many of these kids won't have those opportunities and they don't know how to defend their faith yeah. as they're going from potentially a Christian home into a secular community. Yeah. Talk about how important this high school uh, weekend has been and kind of what happens this weekend? Yeah. Well, a big, a big part of what RZM has, of what we do, because what we've realized, what we've learned is that, um, you know, how can we equip and, and strengthen believers before they um, are faced with really tough questions or before they are put in a position where they don't know what to say? There's been so many times when I've gotten letters from moms who are saying, can you please go to my child's university and speak, you know, and they work really hard to get you there because now their child maybe has walked away. And so we've had three, uh, three kind of youth initiatives that we do. One is Reboot, which deals with kind of middle school and high school ages. And that's a one day kind of event. We have Remind, which is, I think, somewhere around like maybe 14-ish all the way up into the 20s. And that's like a two day event. But our Refresh is our one that deals with uh, juniors in high schools and freshmen and sophomores in college to really help this, uh, and it's four days. It's not like the other ones, which are shorter. It's four days. It's like a really intense, let's help wrestle through these questions, wrestle through your struggles, your doubts, your concerns, where you've gotten stuck, questions that you have about the Bible, 
questions on why should we should believe, whatever it might be, let's spend four days really investing mm-hmm. in you and really helping you to grow. And, and of course, like our other uh, conferences, there's uh, different talks and different times of Q&A. But another thing that we have to refresh that we aren't able to do in some of our other events is we're actually able to have like an hour and a half kind of personal discussion seminar with the students. And it's the same crew for the entire four days. Uh, and so you about mm, 20 or 30 or so in your, in your group and you basically walk through the week with them, you know, and, and, and you can see maybe the first day they're not quite as open, but by the end, the questions are shooting through the air where, um, you know, I'm speaking to this person and I get stuck here or I've had this personal doubt and this is what has made me want to walk away. I don't know what to do with this. And so you really get to invest individually in the person because we get that more one-on-one Granted, it's like one on 30, but you get that personal, uh, you know, kind of time uh, with them. And I think one of the things that was really encouraging to me was actually to to just spend time with young Christians who are actually on fire for God, um, who actually are seeking spiritual maturity, who actually are seeking to grow deeper in the word and deeper in their knowledge of who Jesus is in Christianity. And that's exciting for me because I'm, I want to just, I want to just throw them in college. <clears throat> go ahead, go do your thing, go reach the people. You know, one of, I remember one particular student is an athlete and he's like, okay, so I'm about to join a team as a freshman with all these seniors and juniors. And how do I deal with some of these dynamics? What if they ask me to do things I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing? What if they pressure me into things? How do I deal with that? You know, we get to process through some of some of that, and so it's, there's a sense of excitement where I'm ready to launch them into the world. Like, go do your thing, um, because you guys are, you know, you guys are ready. And when you question, um, welcome to Christianity. Like, there's many of us who have questioned. There's many of us who have wondered, is this really true? Um, but know that there's answers. You know, there's there's answers out there, and, and so don't be discouraged until like you have to walk away because you don't know the answer to one question. There's so much more. Uh, and so I think Refresh is great because it gives the students the ability to be open and honest about where they're at and where their struggles are. gives them the opportunity to actually strengthen their belief system and strengthen their ability to not just um, defend Christianity, but to also know what they believe in, to be excited about it on their own, to be able to put together ideas and put together thoughts on their own without me having to say, okay, why does God allow suffering? Let me give the answer. Be able to watch them be able to think through different ideas and think through different answers themselves and cultivate that maturity um, of thought is just wonderful. And so I think Refresh is just a a wonderful um, outreach that we're able to do uh, to really help students feel much better about what's going to face them in the world. And that may sound like a silly thing to say, but um, there is a certain nervousness, I think, that many parents feel and I think students when they go off to college um, do have I learned enough um, and, and a lot of times they have and a lot of times maybe they haven't been given enough but at least let me get these few days to kind of help get them a little bit closer I just want to add that refresh stands for ready for your freshman year although we've only had the program two years now since this institute opened so we've had a number of um, college, you know, freshmen and sophomores. Actually, this year we had a group of seniors yeah, <laughs> who yeah. begged us to come, and of course we didn't turn them away. But you know, the younger generation and millennials and the, those younger than them also often get a, kind of a bad rap um, for being shallow or being, you know, entitled and egotistical. And there's certainly challenges, um, you know, with my generation and people that have come after me. But we meet students every single week through this ministry. Yeah that like Alicia said, are on fire for God, that don't want to compromise that convictions, that yeah. do want to leverage their circles of influence 
to be a witness. These are athletes. These are student leaders and enterprising young people. And it's so, so, so encouraging. And anything we can do to help them leverage the position they've been given is just a huge joy. And we love cheering them on. So if there's any young people, any students listening out there, we're cheering for you. And we we love the way you love your campuses. We know Jesus loves your campuses. And (laughs) we just love coming alongside campus ministries and student leaders who have that heart to reach those around them. Well, I also think of families that have built their family through adoption and the face of adoption now is adopting kids that are a lot older that are being brought in their home and the hope of our ministry is that these families will disciple their children mm-hmm. and share the gospel with these children and disciple them where they should go so i know so many of these families may be more interested maybe interested in refresh because they haven't had these children in their home yeah. as long so yeah. how could someone get their son or their daughter connected to the refresh weekend and four day training. Yeah. Well, I think if they head to our website, um, we put the dates up um, way in advance. So they'll have the opportunity to kind of look. It's usually during the summertime because obviously um, people are out of school, but they did. Yeah. They can go to the website and they can actually see the dates of refresh. They can see the dates of reboot, remind, you know, which are other um, youth initiatives as well and see what works best. They're in different parts of the country. Um, Remind was in Ohio this year. It's been in Detroit before. Reboot changes all over the place. It was in Atlanta here. We've got reboots in Canada. We've got reboots in different parts of America. Um, And so, you know, it it can find a location that works for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things, too, is we talk a lot about the apologetic side, and obviously that's what Roddy has been known for, speaking, defending the faith, uh, sharing the gospel, but I also know that justice is a big theme of RZIM and through Wellspring. And just, Ruth, especially, just talk about this heart for justice as an apologetic as well and, and kind of how uh, Wellspring got birthed as a part of RZIM Ministries. Yeah, I love how Robbie is often reminding us. He says, love is the most powerful apologetic. It is the essential component of reaching the whole person in a fragmented world. And I think um, too often, um, us as individuals and even sometimes as as churches, um, we only tackle like one part of the challenge. And because things are so fragmented, um, sometimes, you know, we um, are not looking at the bigger picture or looking at what are the underlying um, challenges and struggles that a person is facing that's leading to their question or doubt or resistance. And so what I love about Wellspring is um, really, again, looking at it's, it's birthed out of this desire to reach the whole person, looking around at our world and seeing how broken it is, especially as we travel internationally um, and we meet, you know, it's been really exciting to see God open doors to, in some of the most influential circles of the business communities and leaders and kind of the upper echelons of society, if you will. But even um, as that's happening, there's this parallel ministry happening alongside with some of the poorest of the poor, um, some of the least of these, some of the most vulnerable. And I think that really is the heart of God, again, um, seeing that everyone um, who is, doesn't have a relationship with him is you know, far from him and and um, God's heart to weave the 99 and, and search for the one. And I think that's reflected in Wellspring. It's certainly in, in Robbie's vision as I've traveled with him now for five and a half years. 
Um, I've gotten to witness parts of that to get glimpses of how he relates to people personally and, and really has a burden to meet their physical and spiritual needs. And now to see that um, reflected in Wellspring, which was started in 2004, you know, Naomi, um, Zacharias, um, Robbie, one of Robbie's daughters, was doing amazing things in Washington, D.C. She was working with the White House and had just a number of opportunities coming her way. And um, she really had this heart to um, help her dad. And, and um, Robbie asked if she would come in and start Wellspring really as a more structured um, and tangible expression, um, an avenue, practical avenue um, for the heart, you know, to reach people's um, physical and humanitarian needs, um, particularly vulnerable women and children, but also serving, you know, families all over the world. And, um, you know, there's timely, um, sometimes crisis, time-sensitive crises, like um, with the refugee crisis recently in the Middle East, um, with some of the natural disasters that have happened in Asia, typhoons and hurricanes and things like that, where we're able to have an avenue to respond to those. And then there's so many ongoing needs when you look at um, poverty um, that's plaguing you know, many parts of the world and trafficking, um, particularly sex trafficking with vulnerable women um, in Asia and parts of Europe. And um, just to see RCIM say, we're not just going to pay lip service to this. We actually really believe in it. This is going to be an integral part of what we do. Mm-hmm. This is one of our pillars here at RCIM, our humanitarian initiative, the Wellspring International. And all of the money we raise for Wellspring, 100% of it goes directly to the projects on the ground, um, which is really rare. And it's really um rewarding to be able to say that, you know, to people who um, are contributing or, or are interested in, in supporting these efforts. And so it's been, I, I'll just share a quick um, example on a trip. I was in Mumbai, India a few years ago, and I remember uh, I was with Ravi and a number of our team there. And in the morning, we were doing an event. Um, well, it, actually, in, in the evenings, we were doing events with um, Bollywood um, actors and screenwriters, producers, you know, again, kind of this celebrity circle and really trying to reach them through the arts and talk about how the arts and the questions and longings revealed in the arts point to our longing for God. It was super fascinating. But then during the daytime and sometimes even much later at night, we'd be going into the red light districts and Kamitapura, which is one of Asia's largest red light districts, um, seeing firsthand, you know, going into the brothels and um, talking to some of these women, talking to their children, seeing the work that's taking place and seeing the work that's yet to be done. And it was such a picture in my mind of these different circles that God has opened doors for us. And um, again, opening doors to the elite and entertainment mm-hmm. and to the um, vulnerable and marginalized in the brothels. And so that's something that stuck with me. And again, we see glimpses of it around the world, but um, it's it's a real joy and privilege to be part of that and to see God bringing people to himself through those efforts. Well, we are we're thankful to the Lord for everything that both you guys do for this ministry and also this whole team of spreading the gospel to the nations as well as coming back with the apologetics and discipleship and I just want to encourage anyone listening, if you need resources to help you disciple your family, equip your family, be personally equipped, equip your children, 
uh, or equip your church to get in touch with Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, and you can reach them at rzim.org. Uh, to learn more about Wellspring, to learn more about the Pillars of Ministry, to learn more about the Refresh Conference, or just to contact them and to get engaged more. There's also just fantastic resources, obviously books that the itinerant speakers and apologists have written, as well as Ravi himself. And so just hope that you will get connected with this great ministry. And just a privilege to be able to partner in a small way to see the gospel go forth to the nations. Uh, Alicia and Ruth, thank you so much. Thank you. And Thanks. we're grateful for you and praying for you as a, our team and our staff. Thank you so much. Thank you. And join us tomorrow as well as we have part two of our interview with Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. And tomorrow uh, I have the opportunity to sit down with Ravi's daughter, Naomi Zacharias, who actually started Wellspring International, the humanitarian aid, gospel-driven justice arm of Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.